the CEO of a company, steers the ship. And there's a really great analogy I've heard for this, one that compares the role to sailing. If you sail out in the open ocean, you have a lot to think about. Is the sail efficiently up against the wind? Are you correcting for the wind, for the tide? You have to worry about boat balance, your own conduct, the well-being of the entire crew, and everything has to be managed simultaneously. But depending on the environment, for example, the size of the waves, different elements will be urgent at different times. It's a tough job. And today, we're going to speak with the new CEO of a company that has been making waves at conferences recently, Hypertunnel. He has the job of steering the company into uncharted waters and... Okay, I think we can drop the metaphor now. Welcome to the Tunnelling Podcast Shorts. I'm Rian Owen. And I'm Alex Conacher. And today we're talking to the new CEO of Hypertunnel, Richard Matthews. The Hypertunnel concept was devised by businessmen Steve Jordan and Jeremy Hammond. When designing a tidal energy project, they found that current tunnelling methods were prohibitively expensive. Jordan discovered that technological approaches used in other sectors and fields such as mining, surveying, boring and 3D printing could be transferred to tunnelling. Hypertunnel has had some great success and it's all happened pretty quickly. They've had big names join their board, received grants, they've been awarded contracts with Network Rail. Then Richard took over as the face of the company in the beginning of 2022. His journey with Hypertunnel all started when he received a message on LinkedIn. It was an initial approach uh, through through LinkedIn, which is uh, where you often find out about these kind of new opportunities. But I was really in between jobs. My previous business, uh, of course, has been in the oil and gas industry. And we'd successfully taken a company and, uh, and sold it to a, a strategic company uh, backed by private equity. And really, I was now looking for a new challenge and a new opportunity. And you know, I've been in the oil and gas industry my whole career. And uh, when I was approached about this kind of infratech market, of course, it was a completely different industry for me. So this uh, piqued my interest. And uh, when I found out more about swarm robotics, artificial intelligence and so on, I thought it was a fascinating business to get into and very much fitted some of my more recent experiences. Richard has come from NDT Global, a provider of high-tech inspection solutions. He brings international experience of running a global services company, driving growth and delivering customer and shareholder value. He explained that most of his experience is within more mature businesses and large organisations, so this is a really different venture for him personally. Here, this is a really dynamic startup um, and, and business now looking to scale up. So, of course, I immediately in the first couple of weeks, I met everybody, had a meeting with everybody and, uh, you know, full of young, bright, enthusiastic engineers and scientists. So it was a refreshing uh, kind of culture coming into from a larger, more established, more formal organization. So yeah, to deal with people is very much can be done on a personal level rather than on a, on a traditional hierarchical kind of level in a more mature business. So how was Richard launched into this weird and wonderful world? What was his first day like? Well, I mean, I don't think it was, uh, it was that weird, but uh, of course announcements were made and uh, I uh, went around the office and shook a few hands and said hello to people. But of course, COVID still being, still being prominent is something that was uh, rather cautiously done. But essentially, the first uh, first few days were spent 
uh, with the co-founders really giving me the background of the company and how it was formed and uh, and so on and so forth and really going through the whole organization it doesn't take very long to go through the whole organization when you've only got about 40 people so it was fascinating for me to understand uh, the background and the experiences of all and the expertise of all the people in the business and kind of how far the technology has been developed Richard was brought in to strengthen the top team, ready for the opportunities that lie ahead. Well, I think it was, uh, you know, with any startup, of course, it's uh, it's all hands to the pump, roll up your sleeves, and everyone does everything to get the job done. And I think that the business now has matured to a stage where, you know, the co-founders really want to focus on, you know, what they are best at, which is, uh, you know, certainly on the technology side and the innovation. Um, Steve is very strong in that department, of course, and Jeremy's got a lot of corporate and business experience. So really, the idea is to is to provide a bit more bandwidth for them to focus on on the things they're most interested in, and really bring in focus for me to really run the business and move it from being, you know, an informal startup to a scale up kind of uh, operation. So really working out how we can access uh, the market, how we can access funding, and also how we can, uh, how can develop the technology in the most efficient way. But what about specific targets? Where does the company want to be in one year or two years time? Well, we have hugely ambitious targets. To be honest, we expect this business to be a billion dollar business within a few years. So very, very aggressive aspirations from uh, from all of us on the board, to be honest. And I think we can see where the business is going and the potential that we have. In terms of specific targets for this year, yeah, of course, these are generally, as I said before, moving from startup to scale up, focusing on the product development and really implementing our go-to-market strategy, you know, building up the resources with more engineers and scientists from you know, a, a wide variety of industries as well. Something we hear a lot about on our sister podcast, Engineering Matters, is industries leap forward when they're exposed to ideas from other industries. Interestingly, Hypertunnel doesn't have anyone from the traditional tunnelling industries, but are they going to bring tunnellers in? Well, that's a great question, because, of course, I think it was a great strategic uh, idea for Steve and Jeremy to, to, to make a conscious effort to make sure that people came from a wide variety of other industries to really bring different perspectives, different best practices to, to bear on this kind of idea. But, I mean, obviously, we've got, a, we've got an amazing, innovative sort of idea from Steve on the technology side and now it's a case of bringing that to market but I think that you know we are now at the stage where the the concept and the ideas are, are pretty well developed and I think now is the time where we probably would bring in um, some experts in tunneling as well to really make sure that we're going in that right direction and when it comes to things like proof of concept um, we'll, we'll make sure we're considering all the a variety of situations one might find within the tunneling industry. So I wouldn't say it's not going to happen ever, but I don't think we're going to change our philosophy of trying to utilise all the experts from a variety of different industries and maybe some tunnelers in the, in the foreseeable future. Who knows? It's an exciting time for the whole Hypertunnel team. Richard is leading the process of taking the technology to market and, as he puts it, to disrupt the underground construction space but they've still got to take sensible baby steps. Right now, they're focusing on repair, maintenance and ground stabilisation works. They're looking to get some experience, get some key customers and get some references. And that will be the, the, the springboard that we need to move into the wider market.
The Tunnelling Podcast is the official podcast of the British Tunnelling Society, produced by Reby Media. This episode was written and produced by me, Rian Owen, edited and co-hosted by Alex Conaher, sound engineering by Ross McPherson, series supervision by John Young, and our executive producer is Rory Harris. 